0: Well, welcome to part two of a series that we have called The Playlist, where we're looking at different songs and the meaning behind why the song was written. And then we're applying that to our lives and what we can learn and how we can live that out day to day. And so as you can see today, the song was Tell Your Heart to Beat Again. And uh, this song has a significant meaning for us personally. Uh, but today you're in for a treat. <laughs> you're in. For, I'm telling you, you're in for a treat. And uh, that treat is not me, <laughs> because I'm not preaching today. Um, I have uh, invited, and this person has graciously accepted, and uh, she is the most beautiful woman in this room right now. <laughs> and so she has, I I was able to, to uh, find out from her what she was preaching on today, and I want to encourage you to lean in because this is going to be good. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is going to be good. I mean, as reading through it and her talking to me about it, it is going to encourage you and it is going to challenge you. And I believe there are some people in here today that you're going to walk out of here different and you're going to have a different perspective and you're going to find some freedom in some areas of your life. And so will you put your hands together and welcome to the stage, my wife... Amanda Miller.
1: Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's, um, you know, I'm always reminded of every time I get to do this, of how not so easy what my husband does. <laughs> it's not easy, um, but I'm thankful and honored to be able to do this, to be able to share with you. Um, as Gabriel said, this song does have a very significant. Um, Meaning in our hearts. Sorry, I'm trying to get my papers adjusted so they don't start falling. Um, it does have a very significant meaning to our hearts. Um, you know, I, what I love about this series that we're in is we can listen to songs time and time again, but never really pay attention to what the words are behind it. And um, as I began... Looking into this song, um, it wasn't actually Danny Gokey that wrote it, um, but Danny Gokey heard it and decided that he had to sing it because during that time his wife had gone into a routine surgery and died. And. There's so many things that we don't know about people's stories that they're singing in triumph later. But I want to just bring some light to this song um, through the word. Um, so let's pray and we're going to just get to get in. So God, we just thank you for who you are. God, I thank you, Lord, that um, we are here today and we ask you, Lord, just to have your way. God, I pray, Lord, that every word that you want spoken will come from a mouth, and whatever you don't, Lord, that it just won't. God, I pray, Lord, that ears and eyes and hearts will be open to receive what you have for us today. Lord, you knew everyone that was here, everyone that would be here, everyone that's coming. And I thank you, Lord, that you have a word for someone. God, even if it's just for one today, I thank you, Lord, that just as that last song that we sang, Father God, that you chase after the one, and you want that one or that 100 to hear it today. So God, we just welcome you and just say, have your way, in Jesus' name, amen. So today we are in a series, you know, the playlist, but today my message is titled Dealing with the Deep. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you were dealing with disappointment, discouragement, defeat, depression? Life is filled with disappointments. And during those times of disappointment, the enemy sows seeds of distrust. Disappointment and discouragement become the breeding ground for Satan's lies to take root. We wonder if God is still good, if we can trust him, or if he still loves us. I want to make something clear because this is something that is really, um, I just think it's really important. It's something that we don't talk about as a church. Um, You know, I did, I said depression, but there is a difference between feeling depressed and being depressed. And I am saddened today at the amount of people that are taking their lives because it's something that we've shamed in the church. And it makes my heart so sad. Because it's not something that we should be ashamed of. Depression is real, and sometimes it's not as easy as a choice. I heard this statement this last week, and it said shame is like mold that grows in the dark. And I thought, how true is that? Shame is like mold that grows in the dark. And we have shamed something that is so real and so hard and find people taking their lives, find kids taking their lives, 30-year-old pastors taking their lives because of things that they're facing that I think that they didn't feel the freedom to talk about. And this, these rooms, these churches, are the places, the number one places that we should be able to talk about it, that we should be able to say, you know what, this is where I'm at and that's okay. It's funny to me that we can say, oh, I have the flu and there's no shame in that. But someone says, oh, I'm struggling with depression. Oh, I'm on this medication. And we get all judgy. <laughs> we do. We get all judgy and shocked and and um, taken back because, oh, we're believers and we're supposed to, we're not supposed to feel that way. But I don't even have the time today to go through so many people in the Bible that talked about the hard, talked about where they were at, talked about thinking about taking their lives and the people in the Bible that face times like these and they love the Lord. It doesn't keep us immune from it. But I want to encourage someone today that your illness is not your identity. That we have got to normalize what's going on inside of us. And that if you're struggling today, there is no shame in it. You know, I told Gabriel a while back, we were talking about this and how sad. I don't know if any of you heard, but there was a story that went around. And, of course, it hit home with us even more so because my husband being a pastor, it really just shook me and it bothers me to the core. Um, Because only, there's not, everyone doesn't know, but... um, When I was 21, my cousin committed suicide, and it was such a hard time because, you know, as a person that loves someone that does commit suicide, it is, you have so many questions and wondering what you could have done but this pastor, he recently committed suicide and it just shook me to the core because let me tell you, none of us are above that. None of us are above what the enemy will try to do to still kill and destroy. And he stops at nothing to try for it. And I told, I told Gabriel, I said, you know, it's funny to me that sometimes we get this whole, like, well, you don't need medicine. All you need is Jesus. And there are times that you need medicine and I, I told him, I said, you know, it's funny. I just had this visual, and it's been a couple of months ago, um, that it would be like, you know, saying, I don't need medicine, but telling my kid you don't need a floaty, you don't need a puddle jumper, and shoving him in the pool and saying, swim, 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 you know. But that that's a lot of times how it is for those that are fighting, um, and they don't see any end in sight and choose to end their life. I read the statistics this last week, and the suicide rate, Get this, 1 million people a year worldwide are committing suicide. 45,000 in America alone. It is the number one killer for people ages 15 to 24. There's something wrong with that. And if we as a church cannot begin to talk about the stuff, talk about the struggle, whether it involves medication, whether it involves suicide, that there has got to be freedom that comes for us, that we can come and say it doesn't matter who I am, that it's okay not to be okay, that it's okay that I need medication, that I'm going to stand here and I'm going to say to you, you know what, I need you to pray for me because I'm struggling. I'm struggling, and there has to be freedom in that. And maybe today you disagree with me. Well, I encourage you to go take that up with Jesus this week because I'm just going to be honest in what I feel like he showed me. And this this is my opinion, but it is something that hits near and dear to my heart that I think we get so focused on where those people that committed suicide, where they may have gone, rather than what got them to where they were. And we have got to get to the place where we care more about the people's journey and what's going on than we do about what, where they're at. Like we've got to say, you know what, I'm going to sit with you right now and no shock, no nothing. And I'm going to say, you know what, I love you. And I'm so sorry that you're right where you're at. And we're none of us, none of us, not my husband and I, we are not above this. No one. No one, not the elders in this church, not the people that serve in this church. We're not above it. We're not above it. We have to quit letting shame and embarrass keeping us from talking about the struggle. And you may say, well, I've never thought about suicide. I cannot imagine. I'm not just talking about suicide. I'm talking about the struggle with anxiety. I'm talking about the struggle with depression. I'm talking about any sort of mental illness that goes beyond the physical illness. That could be you today. And I'm saying there is no shame in that. No shame whatsoever. So today, we're going to talk about the hard that we face. And as many of you know, you've heard it, and you may wonder, why does she bring that stuff up so much? And it's because I believe that God allows the hard in our life so that he can get the glory. And I'm not saying that he causes it because I don't believe he does. I was talking with a friend this last week, and we were talking about how God tends to get the rap for the bad that happens in our life. And it's not. It's not God that causes it, but he does allow it. And I believe that there is a reason. But I think that we overlook a lot of times. We look at we look at someone like David and we say, man, he's just, everything keeps working for him. We look at someone like Haley and we say, man, she's just got such a great life and has everything going for. Her. But we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't have a clue what they're facing, what they have faced, where God's brought them. You know, I was reading, and I don't know, I mean, He's one of my favorite presidents, but there's so much that we don't know. Abraham Lincoln. And, you know, I did not even know. The man, he wanted to go to law school, but he wasn't educated enough. His mom died when he was 22. Talk about the hard. He asked a woman to marry him after four years of dating, and she said no. He uh, went into a partnership with a man on a store, and the man died and left him with tons of debt. He lost his four-year-old. His four-year-old died. You know, for me, for us, um, there are many things that have happened. It started as um, my cousin, when she was four, she drowned in a pond. And um, it was hard, hard for our family. Um, My cousin committed suicide when I was 21. Um, We miscarried. Um, Many people don't know. And you may go, who am I following? But. I'm just going to be honest with you today, before we even started and for different reasons that our family needed healing and some time, the organization that we serve under called ARC, um, we were told no at first to wait, and it was like a kick in the gut, but look what waiting, look what happens when we wait. (laughs) He knows. He knows. Um, This last year, um, Gabriel's grandpa passed away, and it was a really tough time for our family. This year, a man very near and dear to our family, our, my grandpa, he passed away from cancer. We weren't allowed, you know, we weren't able to adopt Abby, as many of you know. And what's turned into a beautiful story, it doesn't take away from the pain. And I don't cry today because I want you to feel sorry for me or, man, that poor girl. <laughs> look at her, so sad. It's not that, man. God has brought me so far. But I look at these times of pain that I thought were going to, honestly, I thought they were going to take me out. I thought they were going to take me out. And I want to encourage you today, whatever it is you're facing. It's not going to take you out. We all have life things that happen and don't turn out the way we hoped or expected. That bring us to a point of disappointment, feeling defeated, where we doubt God, where we wonder. So I want to look at the scripture in 2 Corinthians. And so many times I've read it, but man, God did something as I was studying for this that that I think that we need to see that this was written not because someone was trying to tell you exactly, just because they were trying to tell you, but because they were facing it themselves. They were facing the hard. So if you'll turn or look up on the screen at Second Corinthians 4, we're going to read 8 through 18, so just bear with me for a minute because I just believe they're all important we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. doesn't have to be a physical death. What feels like dying on the outside, the hard, the deep. So that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. And he talked about this. Therefore I have spoken that that surgery that this whole song came about from was the woman that had the doctor that leaned down and said, Mrs. Johnson, tell your heart to beat again and it did so it was spoken with that same spirit of faith we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God therefore we do not lose heart we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles that don't feel that way at all are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is on on the unseen for what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal it matters where we fix our eyes but we cannot we can't lose heart and i don't know about you but i have faced times in my life where I have what felt like lost my heart that this song when we started listening to it this year was literally physically having to tell my heart to beat again so how do I get my heart to beat again this is all great and fine but how do we get our heart to beat again what about when we're in the face of disappointment or defeat or discouragement or depression or whatever how do we tell our heart to beat again Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower to which we can run and are safe, even in the most desperate of circumstances. It could say anything there, but it says, Even in the most desperate of circumstances. It's because there's times that there are circumstances that we are desperate and lost. But I'm here to encourage you today that it's okay to not be okay. Because Jesus has already made you right, and he does want to give you a new heart. He wants to tell your heart to beat again, and maybe not in the way that it was before. I think that a lot of times, I don't I don't know about you, but I know for me, I was like, I want to be like I was before. But one thing that the Lord showed me this year, I don't want to be like I was before. I want to be better than before. I want to be more joyful than before. And these words, these three points that I have, they're not fix-alls, because I get it. You know, when we're in the face of stuff, words don't fix it. But I want to encourage you today, I would encourage you to take notes. Because what I have, it's not about me. It's about him. And I cry tears not because it isn't about me. This is what I ask, that at the end of it, I love each of you, but I ask that at the end you don't say, oh, I'm so sorry for where you've been or whatever, because that's not why I share these things. I share these things because I think it's easy to look and say, oh, my goodness, look at Gabe and Amanda. They, Man, they just, they've got these four kids. They've got these herd of children that follow them around. And, and, and you know, I, I mean, I heard a couple of times this morning, and don't get me wrong, it's so nice because a lot of times I'm not dressed up and I am in yoga pants and a T-shirt and my hair pulled up. But... I heard a couple of times this morning, you look so cute, but, you know, these things can be so deceitful, (laughs) so deceitful, so deceitful, because I went through a time where I could come dressed like this, but no one knew what was going on in the inside of me. No one knew all the tears that I was crying and the things that were going on at home. And it's easy for us to look at people on the outside. And I think that that's what that scripture even talks about, that God looks on the inside. But, you know, we tend to look on the outside. And I don't think it's just because we get all judgy as far as even bad things. I think it's even good things. You look on the outside, and I'm not idolizing myself because I what I hope is the complete opposite. That maybe if you said, man, Gabe and Amanda, they just they spend time with the Lord, and they've done, you know, whatever it is, they you know, as Gabriel said, they don't fight, which is so comical to me. And, you know, whatever that we had someone once say, you guys are just the best of friends. Y'all get along all the time. Well, we respect each other in public, but we don't get along all the time. (laughs) You know, there's a difference. But I just think that that scripture was even talking about the fact that we look on the outside, but God looks on the inside. And so many times we'll look on the outside and we're like, oh, she looks so cute. He looks so cute. He's, you know, I'll look at other moms and I'm like, she always looks so perfectly put together. And the kids always have bows in her hair. And uh, I wish you would, I mean, go look at my children. They're beautiful just the way they are, but they don't have everything together. And their shirts are probably wrinkled and, and that's okay. But we we tend to look on the outside and we say, wow, well, they have it all together. But it's not true. None of us have it together because we're human. And we get so caught up in, in not wanting to expose our weaknesses when it's our weaknesses that then God we find God's strength. And it's when we expose them, when we expose them, that God can then be glorified. And one thing that the Lord's really been showing me this year is that in keeping it to myself, I'm saying Amanda you have to get it all together. And Amanda, you don't serve a god that is bigger than everything that you're facing. That in saying this, you can trust him with with all the details, with all the ugly. And for me to stand up here and say some of the things I'm going to st- say today, some of you may walk away and go, "Wow, we should reconsider the church we're where at." But that's okay. Because one thing that the Lord showed me today is that because I'm up here and I'm willing to say, you know what? I have weaknesses that that's saying it's God who qualifies me, not me who qualifies me. And it's the same for you today. I just want to encourage you all the reasons why you've been discounting yourself are exactly the reasons why God wants to use you because it are those things that actually qualifies you. So number one, I'm not going to stay here long, but number one, how do we get our heart to beat again? We diagnose it. And some of you may say, "I have no idea how to diagnose it. I've been in this place for so long. You know what you do? First, we ask the Lord, of course, but we have to get to the root of the problem. I had a friend this year that said, "Girl, we've got to dig. We've got to allow the Lord to show you where it is. And at first, I felt so overwhelmed, but I want to encourage you that in diagnosing, diagnosing doesn't have to happen by yourself. That you find a friend, you get with the Lord, you get with a friend. You get with a counselor. Yes, I said a counselor. Because some in here feel like, wow, I can't say I go to counseling. Can I tell you something? I go to counseling. Healthy people go to counseling. And I want to be healthy. So you go wherever you got to go to get help from the right people, not just anybody. We go to a counselor that is grounded in the word, that seeks the Lord, and she has helped Me get to the root, and friends have helped me get to the root of what was going on, that where I thought I had lost myself, day by day, I'm seeing more and more light. So we have to diagnose it. We have to diagnose it so we know our triggers. What are the triggers? What triggers your depression? What triggers your anxiety? What triggers your defeat, feelings of defeat? Figure out, allow the Lord to show you what it is, what those triggers are. Number two, we have to declare. We have to declare. Psalms 55.2 says, Cast your burden to the Lord, release it, and he will sustain you and uphold you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken, slip, fall, or fail." Another way, another version said, Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He will carry your load. He will help you out. And I'm not going to discount it, because first we should always go to the Lord. We should A, I have sub points. You don't have to write them down. But I do have sub points to declare, and we're going to stay here for a little bit because I think it's important. A, declare to God. Just as the song said, we have to declare it out loud. We have to A, declare it to God. Declare to God. Tell him how you're feeling. Yes, he knows everything, but he wants to hear David. The psalm is full of of times when David was like, Lord, I praise you, Lord, I'm, you know, glorify you. Why have you left me? Like, he said those things to God, and we need to say those things to God, not for the sake of saying them, but because there's freedom in that. There is freedom in that. And trusting that sometimes I know there are seasons when it's hard to go to God because you're struggling with your feelings towards God. But God designed us in a way to respond to pain that will bring goodness if we won't run. I'm going to be honest with you. This year, I ran. I ran. Because I wondered. I wondered. I wondered. But God wants us to remain in him and return to him. And we have to trust that if God says no in one area of our lives, it's because he has a greater yes in another. And B, we have to declare his truth. I read this quote a couple of weeks on Facebook, and it's C.H. Spurgeon, and he said, A Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone that isn't. Man, and I think we miss that so many times. A Bible that is falling apart belongs to someone that isn't. We have to be in the word and declare his truth. And if you don't feel like you can declare his truth yourself, get with someone that will declare his truth to you. Get with someone. When we say it, we will see it. If we will say his word, we will see it. God allows us to be in the deep because it leads to his pursuit of the truth. We all have to come to that place of the deep in seeking the truth because unless you seek out the truth, you're never going to know it. This year, this year has been... it's just been hard. Hard isn't even the word. And I, once again, I don't say that for pity. I say that because I want you to know that the hard doesn't mean the end of you. The hard doesn't mean, mean that, you're, that you're out. But we have to allow it to lead us back to the pursuit of him. And it took time. It took a lot of time. But I found myself back pursuing the truth. And it's even greater. It's even deeper. You know, a pastor, I've been listening to this series, and he says where we think we're being buried, we're actually being planted. And that's where I found myself this year was I thought I was being buried. I thought I was being taken out for the count, but I was actually being planted, and I had no idea. Because I'm going to tell you something. If at the first of the year, some of the things that I'm saying today, I would have said, that you would have told me I was going to be doing, I would have told you there is no way on God's green earth I will get up on that stage and say some of those things because I'm a people pleaser by nature. Fight that all the time. But my husband did not twist my arm. He asked me a question, and I said yes. And it's only because of him that we have to find ourselves, and we're not the only ones. John the Baptist, man, that, that man walked hand in hand with Jesus. And he still had moments where he had to pursue the truth because he doubted. He wondered. He doubted. He wondered. And we have to learn to pursue the truth and declare God's word. And I'm not going to belittle any of these. This is my last sub point to declare. But this is where I'm going to stay for a while because I believe that it's one of the most important that we're missing today. And it's declared to someone else declare to someone else proverbs 28 13 the new king james version says he who covers his sin will not prosper but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy i do think you've got to confess your sins to god don't get me wrong i do think that you've got to confess your struggles to god don't get me wrong but i think there is so much power when we confess it to someone else you know i I had this, this vision this week of we have, um, we didn't put blinds on most of our windows except for the back room. And so we have curtains, and Gabriel and I wore most of the time on opening the curtains because he wants the sunlight in and I want the house to be cooler. So, you know, we're, we're just kind of worrying on opening. But I thought, you know, really, when we declare to someone else, what we're doing is we're opening the curtain and we're letting the sunlight in. And sometimes maybe some of you feel like I've tried that. I tried, I've tried. i tried all the things, and I don't, know, I don't know how to get to see the sunlight this year. I could not open the curtains myself, but I told people, and it began slowly but surely the curtains began to come back. And I didn't just tell anybody. I'm not saying tell everybody. I'm saying tell somebody. Tell somebody that you know is grounded in the word. We have got to stop hiding it because that hurts us. But when we reveal it, it heals us. And we cannot just say, well, I told the Lord and he's going to help me. Let me tell you, I told the Lord time and time again. And it wasn't that he wanted to help me. He did. But he helped me grow in the fact that, you know, I told, I told my husband first. And he just hugged me. And then I told a friend. And there was no shock. No, no judging. She just hugged me. And I think that we have got to get to the place that we've got to push past what we're fearful of and say where we're struggling because we will find strength in our struggle if we'll just declare it to someone else. Many of us have heard of the man, doubting Thomas. Who's heard of the man, Thomas, in the Bible? Doubting Thomas? But I think we miss something. We get so focused on Doubting Thomas. You know, eight days later... Jesus comes back to Thomas, who was doubting. And some of you need to hear that he came back just for Thomas, but he comes back just for you today. Just for you. But Thomas, he gets this bad rap for doubting. He gets labeled because he doubted. But you know, I think that there's something that Thomas knew that many of us missed today. Thomas stayed with his friends. Thomas did not go isolate himself. He did not get along alone. He stayed With his friends. I've asked a couple of ladies to come up and illustrate something for me. If you would come up. Thomas. He knew that I need. I need my people. Because when I'm in the middle of pain and wondering. I need my people to remind me. And some of you need to declare today. You've been saying I don't have my people. Well you know what? There's somebody in here that can be your person. And these are one of the many ladies in my life. But you know it's just like this. That. I can stand here all alone. I could go through this year and I could do it. I could just, I could be what I'm going to be. But man, when I say, you know, Christy, here's where I am. Me and Christy now, we're, we're back to back. And Christy, she tells me this is where I am. But you know what I'm able to do? I'm saying, Christy, watch out. Do you see that coming your way? And Christy's able to do the same thing. We is greater than me. And we don't push these small groups because, oh, we want small groups to be great. I don't care if you don't go to one of our I groups. Go to some small group because you're going to find that there is power in your groups. And when I pull Caroline along and I'm like, you know what, Caroline, this is where I'm at. Man, it's ugly. It's hard. It's just, and both of these ladies have cried with me through some hard. When I say that, look at the power that comes because not only does someone got my back, someone's got my side, my left, my right, my front, and the same for them. But man, when we isolate ourselves, what we do, thank you, ladies, what we do, and not just by isolate, you can say, Well, I don't have any friends. No, I'm saying reach out. The Lord will show you who to reach out to. There's people that stand here every week. There's some great people because we don't just put anybody up there. There's some great people to say, You know what? This is where I am, this is my struggle. The enemy knows that if he can isolate us, he can intimidate us, he can confuse us, he can do so many things to us. You know, and I brought these flowers today even because I love it. My grandma brought me these flowers this week. Love me some fresh flowers. They're beautiful. But, you know, all these flowers, I'm going to try to find one that's semi-loose, maybe. I don't want to break it all. Okay, well, I'll just do that one because it's great. I don't want to make a mess. To our eye, this one looks like it's still living. It looks just like all the others. But the second that I pulled it away from those flowers, it's right on its way to death. And that's some of you today that you've isolated yourself. You've pulled away. You've never gotten plugged into an eye group. You've never gotten people around you. And you may not think you're dying yet, but you're on your way. And before the first of this year, I was on my way to dying because I didn't want to tell my husband because the enemy had convinced me, man, you start being honest about where you are. He's, he's a very patient person, and he puts up a, a lot for me. But he, all the lies, you tell your friends, they're not going to want to be your friends anymore. You tell your family, they're going to have so many judgments about you. And they were lies. Let me tell you, my family knows today. Some friends know today. But the second I start doing this, boy, I look like I'm living. You look like you're living in your seat today, but you've gotten alone. You don't have people in your life. You never told people what you're struggling with, and you're dying, and you just don't realize it. We don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. This church is here today because a group of people. Yes, God planted something in Gabriel and I's heart, but there were a group of people that came around us that we could not have and still could not do this church thing without the group. Without, and I'm not saying the group as in just a few. I'm saying that what started as 10, 12 people that said, you know what, we love this, we're in on this, and then the thing has grown to what Gabriel was talking about this last week to the numbers of people serving. Let me tell you something, you're missing out because there is family in that, there is life in that, and getting with some people. Find your people. Everybody has somebody. And I trust me, I've wondered at times, well, they already have friends. That does not matter. does not matter. I-groups, they are not a luxury. They are a necessity. And if we don't start viewing it as that, you can say, oh, I have all these things going on. I get it. So do we. But you know what? We've decided that I-groups are a priority in our life because I need people. I could show you pictures from this last week that even my kids have found friends because of I-groups because of kids. We need people. And we have to begin to say, you know what? I don't care the fears, the shame, the everything. We need people in our lives. We have got to exploit it. We have got to have those friends that we've told about that can send us those random texts that can say, you know what? I've been where you are. I love you. That was it. There's some days I just got texts that I love you. I'm thinking about you. The Lord put you on my heart. We need to be that pe- those people for someone, and you need to get your people. And number three, we have to decide. We have to decide we're going to listen to Holy Spirit and keep moving forward one step at a time. I didn't say 15 steps at a time. I said one step at a time. Take one, put right in front of the other. Isaiah 26.3 says that you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast. It's set on you because he trusts in you. If you flip that verse, what is what it's saying? When I trust in you and keep my mind thinking on Jesus, then I will be at peace. How we journey through unexpected circumstances depends on what we believe about the road we are on. If I am letting, this is going to be up on the screen because this is huge that you need to get today. If I am letting my mess define me, and I was for a while, I will feel hopeless. But if I am letting my mess refine me, I will feel hopeful. God doesn't want to make things like before. He wants to make them new and better. And some of you have been wondering in here, I want it like before. No, you don't. He wants to make it better. There's this story, and I just love it, the the story about a donkey. And as I share this story, I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. One of my favorite stories is about a farmer's donkey that fell into a dry well. The animal cried pitifully for hours as the farmer tried to figure out what to do for his poor donkey. Finally, he concluded that the well was too deep and it really needed to be covered up anyways. Besides, the donkey was old and it would be a lot of trouble to get him out of the pit. The farmer decided that it was not worth trying to retrieve the animal, so he asked his neighbors to help him fill in the well and bury the donkey they all grabbed shovels and began to toss dirt into the well the donkey immediately realized what was happening and he began to bray horribly crying would be our normal response right if somebody was mistreating us this badly and there's nothing wrong with crying so please don't misunderstand me I think there's somebody in here even that needs to cry just because you haven't been letting yourself cry Crying would be our normal response if somebody was mistreating us this badly. So this donkey was responding the same way we would at first. But then he got real quiet. I want y'all to listen to this. Listen. He got real quiet. A few shovel loads of dirt later, the farmer looked down the well and was astonished at what he saw. With every shovel of dirt that hit the donkey's back, the donkey would shake it off and step on top of it. As the neighbors and the farmer continued to shovel dirt on top of the animal, he continued to shake it off and take a step up. Pretty soon the donkey shook off the last shovel full of dirt, took a step up, and walked right out of that well. I believe we can learn so much from this story. That donkey had to take a moment and get still, but man, what once he thought was burying him was only getting him right out of that well and somebody in here today feels like you've been buried feels like you've hit one hit after another you've hit it you've hit it mentally physically financially I have no idea oh but God does and today I get it you may say you don't even know you don't know what it's like you've never been inside my head you're right I don't but what I was sharing was this year I had come to a place where I thought I was out for the count. That there are many in this room that don't know. I had considered taking my life because the enemy had made me feel like I was buried and out for the count. But I sought counselors a counselor. I told a friend, a few friends. and Slowly, but surely, the curtain began to open. And I could see the sun again, a little bit each day. I did. I had to get on medicine. Because it was the only thing that could help finish helping me out. And some of you today, you need to hear that. Some of you may look and go, wow, that's, that's really not great. More power to you. But I'm here today because I sought out the help and I'm going to encourage you, whatever way you have to shake it off, you've got to do that. There are going to be some people that are walking up this way. And I encourage you, if you don't feel like you have your people, or even if you do, there's power. And I encourage you to say it today don't even walk out of this room without bringing light to what it is bringing light to what what the lord wants to do because he wants to do something he wants to take the muzzle off our mouths why as believers have we muzzled ourselves to say you can't do that, you sought the Lord. Let me tell you, I was in the word daily, I was praying, I was I was doing all the things and it wasn't working fully. Yes, it was working, because God's word does not return void. But I needed more, so I got more. And there's nothing wrong with getting more. There's nothing. Because, I won't find, so many times we go, we say, I don't need to tell someone. Well, you know what not telling someone gets us? It gets us at the end of the day with our alcohol, trying to find some, some comfort in it. There's no comfort. It's real momentary. You need to bring light. You need to declare today to someone, declare to God, but to someone to help you diagnose, to help you shake it off, to help you find some freedom today because we sing a song at church that says in the sun sets free is free indeed and there's some of you in here maybe just one person that you don't feel so free today but God wants to set you free and it's not going to be some magical potion I'm not saying that but let me tell you there is a little bit of freedom that comes from each time that you open your mouth and you say you know what this is where I am I'm not okay you know, and I get the power words, please don't misunderstand me. But I think in church, we've gotten so caught up and we got to be that Christian. we got to be that spiritual person. Someone says, how are you? And you say, oh, I'm blessed. I'm doing so good. We don't even give thought to what we actually say. There's nothing wrong with not being okay. I don't have to have that, that answer every time. And we've got to get to the place that we come up here and you say, you know what, I'm not okay. I don't care how I look today. I would show up every Sunday this year, guys, and I would put my stuff on. And, you know, I cried tears after tears of this place that God had called us to. And I knew it without a doubt. But I felt so buried. And then I would put on my pretty face and come in and say, you know what, I'm good. I'm good. I was not good. I wasn't. But you know what? Today, by the grace of God, by the steps of diagnosing it, of getting a counselor, we all go through times of the deep, and you cannot do it alone. You are not meant to do it alone. You are not meant to do it alone. Your destiny is in the deep. It's not going to bury you like that donkey you were gonna step up and you're gonna step out I read this last night your current situation isn't your final destination and some of you need to be reminded of that I thought it was the end for me I thought I cannot find my way out I have tried all the things I have known the Lord since I was little and always been able to spend time with him and and do those things and it just wasn't doing it it wasn't quite doing it I still do that but you can't stop doing that but there's more Don't be that kid that's drowning in the pool because you think, no, I need to do it alone. I was that kid for a while. I was in the pool and I was drowning people. And I don't say that to make you feel pitiful for me. Because God has done such a thing. And now I don't cry. I don't cry tears of depression and drowning. I cry tears because I'm saddened that we feel like we can't say it. This pastor, he said in this same series, and I'm going to ask the prayer team to come, that your setback—I want y'all to hear this—your setback is just a set up for God to pick you up so you can make a comeback. And some of you today, today is the day that you're going to begin to take a step to make that comeback, to make that comeback. And it's not going to magically happen today, but I want to encourage you. Some of you are in here and you're saying. I can't say it today, none of these people are my people. I'll go out this weekend, and do it. No, you won't. You'll talk yourself out of it. Don't do it. There are, I mean, I'm terrible at math, but there's seven people, I'm pretty sure, standing up here, maybe, whatever. Look around the room, even if they're not up here. Find somebody, tell them, tell them where you're at. It's okay, I'm gonna say it again, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay, it doesn't matter. I don't care how long you've served the Lord. I don't care how long you've known the Lord. I don't care that you're a medical person that knows all the right things. It doesn't matter. We are all human and we are all weak. And it is when we are willing to expose our weaknesses that God's strength is shown. Would you all stand to your feet today? Some of you need to be reminded that you are stronger than your struggle and you feel like you're drowning, but you're not. You feel like that donkey and that well that is so deep, it feels so hopeless. And maybe, maybe that shovel that the farmer was doing, you feel like other people have done to you. You feel like they buried you by the hurts, by the abuse that you've gone through. Some of you need to bring light to that today, that you were abused. And maybe it happened a long time ago and you say you're over it. But let me tell you something. There's power when you come up and you say, you know what, Dana? This is where I've been. And you never know what Dana can say. You know what? Me too, girl. Me too. Russell, this is where I've been. You know what? I went through the same thing. We're a room full of broken and messed up people. That is not, church is not for perfect people. That is not why we're here. We are broken and that's okay. Would you bow your heads with me? There's maybe one, maybe two, maybe 20, I don't know. But today you feel like you're in the middle of the deep. Maybe disappointment, defeat, depression, Maybe I haven't even put a name to it, but you know the name. You put it. You're already thinking it. If that's you today, I want you to raise your hand. That you're in the deep today and you feel like you're losing it. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. He sees you. I see you. There is no shame in that. No more what you feel like the right answer. I'm good. I'm blessed. You know what? We are blessed. You know what? We serve a God that's good. But it's okay to not be good today. It's okay to not be good tomorrow. I want to encourage you. I'm going to pray. But I encourage you to find someone up here. Or find someone in the room. Don't you stand there alone anymore. Don't do it. I stood there. Those people this year... Those 45,000 alone in America this year stood alone in a room feeling shame to say where they were at. Don't be that person and maybe say, I'll never get to that point. I don't even care if you're to that point. Why go through life barely surviving and feeling like you're drowning when you can find life? These people up here, they're holding rafts for you. They will be your raft today. says girl you're gonna make it you're not being buried you're being set up You're you're not going under God I thank you for who you are today God I thank you for the freedom that I even get to walk in a little bit more from saying what I was terrified to say today God I thank you for each and every person that raised their hands and even that one There's someone in here that didn't, but it's not too late for you either. God, I pray right now for each and every one of them, that they will bring life, that you, God, will help them diagnose, you will help them declare. Father, you will help them to decide to stay one step at a time. God, but right now, right now, the action I'm asking for, the action, and I know, guys, it's going to take boldness because I've been right where you're at. I only share what I share because I want you to know that I'm not just talking I believe that god allowed me to go through what i went through this year because i could say it from a different place i didn't know what it was like to feel like i was truly drowning i had been through some hard but i didn't know what it was like and i'm telling you today i know what it's like and you don't have to keep drowning you don't have to so god i thank you right now for courage and boldness to come forth Or find someone in the room to declare out loud, don't even walk out these doors and give the enemy room to say you'll do it later. Today, right now, we're bringing light. We're opening the curtains. We're saying we're not going to be the flower that pulls ourselves away from it and dies. We're going to be the flower that's living because we're finding our people. So today, I just encourage you. You find somebody in this room. Find someone up front somewhere in the back don't care find someone give life to it And this last song we sang so intentionally so intentionally the reckless love of god that he chases after me because let me tell you i stood in this room one sunday and we sang that song and i could feel three people three people came up to hug me and it was god so kindly reminding me amanda i fight for you. I kick down every wall for you. I bring light to shadows for you. And that is for somebody in this room today. And as we sing that song again, you're going to hear it in a different way that he chases after you. He did today. He put this message on my heart just for you, just for those hands that were raised and even for those that didn't. He chases after you. He fights for you. So don't leave any room as we sing this last song find someone find someone find someone the enemy does not want you to find someone he wants you to think that you're the flower that's living but you're dying if you're not with somebody find someone